What's good? This is Nate Burleson. I'm Real Mike Rob. Hey, this is the R&B Podcast. TD, drop that beat. Never gets old, Never Nate. Gets old. This is the R&B podcast. I'm Nate Burleson. I'm real Mike Rob, man. This is the best podcast out. R&B. Everybody loves a little R&B. This is where we talk sports, life, music, NFL, of course, because that's what we did and what we do. We'll give you our perspective. So this is like your favorite sports podcast meets the views. Can't trust nobody. Yeah. Yeah, uh, dropped out of school, now we done, right? Hey, this sound like some 4301. Oh, hey. I don't edit. Turn your podcast into a lifestyle. Hey, man, hey. Look, that, CD go, that CD go hard, dog. I'm not going to trip. Like, when I first heard it, Nate, I wasn't all that on it. Right. But, like, by the third time I listened to it, and, again, Drake earns that respect that you give it three listens to. I, I feel you like see what I'm saying? Drake's albums are like a pair of Jordans. When you first see him, you're like, oh, that was cool. But then we see him again, you're like, those are fire. And then when you and put them on, line, you're you appreciate like, them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm not going to trip. I like the CD. So coming up on today's show, we're going to talk Brandon Browner. BB! Yeah. BB always talking that stuff, man. Yeah, he that's got my to, dog. And that's what man. he do. That's and he my play dog. well. And we're going to talk Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course. Hey, man, he better do something. Yeah, we're going to cover. Uh, the wild outs, man. Y'all boys, hey, man. Listen, man. Why y'all doing that stuff? Just, I got stuff on my mind today, we'll Nate. Get there, Mike. Okay, Rob. man. I got stuff on my mind today, man. Let's go. And we're gonna continue our our new segment, which is depth chart debates, and we're gonna talk running back. Come on, man. You know I got a lot for you. I know you got a lot. I'm ready. And then we'll wrap our show with or nah. That's the segment from producer TD. A dope segment he came up with. And speaking of our producer, TD, you got to tell the people what they need to do. What's up, fellas? I don't know what you guys saw this weekend, but uh, what the people need to do, if you're a parent, especially if you're a parent, please do not let your son or your kid into a gorilla's cage. Oh. I, th- come on, Bro. guys. Bro. Well, I and look, things happen. Mistakes happen. Hmm? Hold on. Just listen. Let's just hit me out. Okay. I'm listening. Just hit me out for a second because I we don't know the circumstances, but I'm pretty sure they had bars so that the kid couldn't get there. But All right. I'm not going to lie, man. You know, you got people out there saying, you know, you, 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 you saved the gorilla, which I'm, I'm, I agree on that. You don't want to take the gorilla's life, right? Right. But if that was your kid and your kid was over there and you saw that kid, kid getting drugged like that, I would have jumped over and I would have said, you got to yeah. do something. Yeah, you got to do something. Some people are saying, well, uh, shock the gorilla, tase him, but, or wound him. Listen, you wound a gorilla next to a bait. <laughs> that gorilla is about to go bananas. <laughs> bananas. So, first of all, just like you said, T.D., why is your child so close to the gorilla? Man, I, like, why? How did, how did the child get down? I have no idea. I don't even know if I want to know. 
right? But I tell you one thing, my kids won't be anywhere near when we go to the zoo. It's right. a cautionary tale, man. Yeah, I tell you that one thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm learned. I'm one of those. I don't have to uh, go through that experience to have to learn from. And listen, I can watch other people. I, I was watching Kevin Hart stand up, and he was talking about how a gorilla slapped the glass. Yeah, he's like, to me, the gorilla <laughs> just escaped. That's how I am at the zoo. I'll be at. The the little like, <laughs> I don't know the the, the ferret exhibit and yeah. I, if things get too close I'm backing up I'm not <laughs> that's man, true listen I am not uh, Jack Hanna I'm not gonna be out here talking and touching animals I ain't Doctor Doolittle you never get that <laughs> say there's a sign don't get too close but yeah not, you ain't gotta do that so definitely please. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Keep your kids away from gorillas. But also what you need to do is subscribe to R&B Podcast Message. on iTunes. Yeah. Message. And also review the show. These ratings are important. If you hit us up on Twitter saying you love the show, just, just do that on, on iTunes or Stitcher as well. It helps us out a lot. Yeah. yeah. There it is. TD, man, you got a beat for us, man? Let's get it. Uh. Uh. Yeah, I like that. It's like I can hear some early, some early Will Smith when he was the Fresh Prince rapping on that show, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it sound like. Hey, uh. my boy Brandon Browner, BB. Yeah. Back in the LOB up in Seattle. Okay. He goes on Instagram. He calls out the Saints. He calls them weak. Okay. And I can hear BB. Man, them boys weak. I can so, hear him well, already. He calls them weak. He says he took. He said he's, he says he took that few millions and last ran year. with last, last play with them. Yes, right. part of the, a part of one of the worst defenses to ever step on the field. So in NFL history, he he got paid a few million dollars. Yeah, he did. He played with the team, and now he's you know going to Instagram, social media, and calling them weak. But but I, I got it. I got in his defense. I I think it was a, just a reaction to a fan. Fans were coming at him. Yeah, fans right. were coming at him. It wasn't like he just went up there just to post. Man, they weak. It wasn't like he just went out there to do that. I listen. I understand. Sometimes you feel like you gotta respond to the fans and and kind of you know defend decisions you make or teams you played on. But this is the wrong way to go about it. I, <laughs> I respect Brandon Browner. Like I, I love the way he plays. He he's one of those dudes that you always have to account for. Big, fast, strong. Um, you know, even at the age he's playing at now, he's gonna be effective. You know, in the LOB back reunited but you never first of all you never bite one of the hands that fed you and yeah. fed your family and it's almost in a sense that you're burning a bridge like I know maybe he doesn't have any but, but, of, but what if he had some personal stuff like really like what if and again I'm just going by what we see on TV we, we saw him arguing with Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator. Okay. Right, right. What if it, what if it was part of that anger comes from maybe a feel of disrespect? I mean, we we've been there. We've been there when we felt like coaches have disrespected us or not put us in the right position to, to succeed. No, I, I mean, I, I, I get that, but you don't. When you say a team, when you say the Saints, you're talking about a whole organization. Yeah. And everybody that's within it, you know. And what if you know he's you know a couple years down the line. He wants to get into coaching, or say he's a free agent, That's true. and don't, don't burn and they're bridges. looking again. You don't know? burn bridges. And and another reason I, I don't really like the statement is because when you give the fans a reason to think you're playing for just the money, it dilutes what fans appreciate about us. They appreciate the fact that even with a cloud of dollar signs hanging over everybody's head, they can appreciate the fact that. 
we do it because we love it. When you make a comment like, hey, man, I just took them a few million, I ran with it. It's like, bro, you, just was, you was there to collect a check. And we know guys that did that. Yeah, and, and right? I, that's what I was about to say. I mean, there are guys in in this league that do it. But, but they, don't, they don't say it, though. But, right? but this, okay, you're right. But this is my thing. This is my thing on the whole thing. And, like, again, BB, I would consider him a friend, right? Right, right. And I probably would have advised him not to say this, right. quite frankly. But let's say last year happened like this. Let's say he made $3 million last year. Those are the few millions he said he stole, right? Um, let's say this man was an all-pro last year and led the league in picks, PBUs, right. all of that. Right. And really warranted to be paid $15, 16000000 million, as that's what top corners are paid. Right. Do you think the team would renegotiate and give him his money? They're going to use him right. for what they needed to use him for. Right. And and B, all BB is saying is, hey, man, I needed a job. They gave me a job. And I took the millions that was there. I probably could have went to – I probably could have stayed in New England or stayed somewhere or went somewhere else, took less. You see what I'm saying? And been more right. successful last year. But, but I took a I took a gamble, <laughs> y'all. Just like y'all took a gamble on me. I'm right. just saying. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I get that. But because teams do it us all the time. Nate. It's true. But we. I'm just breaking down like what he said, and, and for him to say, Saints are weak. He was a saint. So essentially, you were weak too. I mean, the, the defense was terrible. Yes, it like, was. It was. It's just like me knocking the Lions and being, you know, being a guy that can look back and say, man, they were garbage when I was there. I didn't like the city, man. The whole organization's whack. Lions are terrible. I would be talking about myself. Yeah. So, you know, for him to make that comment, I think, it, like you said, it was just more him trying it was a, to lash back. Yeah, it was emotional. It was emotional, I think. I think but it was an emotional response. But, again, we live in a fishbowl. You, you can't it. do that. Yeah. But I, t- I tell you one thing, and, and this I, I'm going to digress a little bit. Sometimes fans like the rawness of that, right? Because uh, again, I go back to the, a couple of weeks ago. Marshawn came to my football, my my uh, dinner, and all of that. Right, right. He gave a speech, right? I think we talked about it last week. He, again, he cursed every other word, right? Which was okay. That's him. But the the atten- like people had cameras up. They loved it because again, they knew he was crazy. They wanted to see it. And they got a chance to see it. And it's almost one of those where some fans like, man, you know, I respect them for that. But I, I'm talking about BB now. Right. I respect them for saying that because if that's – I want to know the realness about it. If that's how he felt last year, he took the money, he took the money. I do. You know what I'm saying? I can dig that, Mike. But you <laughs> – I know, man. I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit, man. Yeah, but – I got to. There's certain guys that you expect, you expect realness from, and he's one of them. Yeah. So I, I'm okay with that. Now listen, we we gotta talk about a couple of receivers. You know, I, I knew you was gonna get in. Listen, we we have to, man. Look, Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall reportedly stood up for still unsigned Ryan Fitzpatrick. So the question is, before I give my my two cents, um, how do you feel about this, Mike? You know, because they're saying that they didn't show up for OTAs, which right now is what voluntary. Yeah. But the coach said one doesn't have to do with the other. Yeah, the coach said we knew why they weren't here. It yeah, it's, was all... it's unrelated. Yeah. But these are your two starting wide receivers who have spoken highly of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, of course, they want to see their guy get paid and back in a uniform on the field sooner than later. Do you think it's okay for guys to take a stand like this when one of their – 
teammates slash friends are going through a financial well, dispute with the organization. Well, first of all, they're back in the building today, and Fitzpatrick isn't back in the building. And today's right. Tuesday, you know what I mean? Right. So if it was related to that, they still wouldn't be in the building, okay? Right, right. Um, I tell cats all the time, man, those guys are under contract. Right. Fitzy isn't. Right? So no matter how much support they want to give, no matter what they think of the situation, they don't handle the team's money. And at the end of the day, if they want to continue to have their career going successfully, they got to show up and work. And the Jets understand that. And, again, I, I, I understand, you know, hey, you know, I'm doing this for my quarterback. That's my quarterback. I get it, right? But, again, just like we said last week, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to have to make a decision. Right. Do I want to retire? Because <laughs> if we get into the season, at a prorated rate, he's not going to get the $15 million he wants. So, not, and that, that's waiting for somebody to get hurt and then somebody signing you. He's not going to get that money. Right. This is the most money he's going to get unless somebody sustains a, sustains a big injury before training camp, which the odds of that are happening are slim. Okay? So, that's where we're at. The team knows that. There's no market for him. Okay? And, 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 and the receivers, if, they, if they're smart, they, they better come on and get into practice and get with the quarterback that's probably going to be throwing them the ball this year. Okay. Because at the end of the day, you better start thinking about, you know, so success this season. Reportedly, they were saying that the contract was around $12 million the first year. Yeah. And there were – And I think Ian said this morning $15 million in guarantees and then $6 million a year after that. So it, it drops significantly. Yeah, significantly. Okay, so say Fitz continues to trend upward. And he has career numbers like he did last year. But hey, man, I gotta stop I'm you right saying, there, dog. I gotta Mike, stop then, you right there, bro. And then, and then he's you only talking about a six million. You talking about a cat in year thirteen or year 12, 13, and you keep so saying what? ascending like he's not like like he's gonna get that much better now. Well, what if he does? Man? Come on, Nate. Wait, because come on, Nate. System he's in. Come on, Nate. Well, show me then, the guys. They're surrounded. Show me then. Him with. Well, then what? show me then. Take this deal and then go back to the table next year. Show me then. But you know they won't pay him. If he's, if he's How do you know contract? that? If he comes back, if he comes back and say, look, okay, well, boom, I hear y'all. I'm going to make this $15 million this year, okay, because right. I'm going to hit all my marks or whatever. Right. I make right. this $15 million, That's what I want. And then next year we're going to have another problem. Why not do that then if you, if you want to play? Why not do this? Because you just said, Mike. If you're under contract, you're obligated. Now, all of a sudden, they retire. He's a, he's a disgruntled employee next year. If he knows, man, I'm playing better than half of the NFL quarterbacks. And all of a sudden, I, I'm I'm making $6 million. Or ask him to give you one year fully guaranteed contract. That's what he should do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And just bet on yourself. I mean, again, if you, okay, I need to be making this type of money. And, again, I'm not saying I'm not. I want Fitz to get paid what he thinks he's what he think he's worth, but I'm also a guy that I'm about reality. If right. there were three or four other right. teams out there uh, chasing him, then you got a point, man. Other teams are leveraged. That's how this game works. But you're still sitting out there, bro. We in OTAs, man. This is where your timing get down. This is when you figure out little stuff you want to do in the season. When you try that double pass, when you try to reverse, when you try to the throwbacks and all. This is when you do it. I get that, Mike. But it's also volunteer. I understand it's volunteer, bro. I understand it's volunteer. But as you know, there's more expected out of that position. And whether it's volunteer or not, the quarterback's got to be there. You can say what you want. 
the, I, the quarterback of every every team, all thirty two all thirty two teams quarterback rooms are completely one hundred percent there okay. during the voluntary part okay, Mike, of the offseason. So let me ask you this: you, you, you were talking about the organization, the Jets organization, having the most leverage in this back and forth between him and Fitzpatrick, or Fitzpatrick in the organization. Yeah, but you know, like I know, you're only as good as your backups, right? So yeah. the question I have for you: you keep saying that if Fitz doesn't make this happen, then Decker and Marshall will be catching from whoever it is. Hackenberg, Geno Smith. Uh, who, who They got the young, young – They definitely don't want Geno Smith. Hey, look, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's no, get to that for a second. Question. Think about it for a second, though, Nate. I didn't mean to cut y'all. So I, Think about it. What's up? If you got – if you Geno, you sitting up there with the, with the stank face, dog, like, cuz. <laughs> y'all keep trying to chase this man, giving him more money. I'm sitting right here. I'm your guy. I'm your guy. Then you draft the guy in the second round, and you giving him reps, bro. You draft the guy last year. You giving him reps. But that's that. No knock to Gino, but that, yes, it is a knock to Gino's Gino's fault, though. Yes, it is a knock to Gino. I guess it is. But Gino just <laughs> didn't play well. He's had some opportunities, and he didn't play well. New so, so the question is, yeah, sorry, is Fitz out of the guys? The list of guys on that roster, Fitz at home. The guys on the field right now. Is Fitz clearly the best quarterback for this team? Right now? Yeah, right, right now, now. He is, but not for $16 million a season. That's your answer. Okay. Now, I can dig that. If, if the price drops, okay, yeah, yeah, he becomes a lot more attractive. We can do something with him. But I know Ty – I don't know Ty Bowles, but I played against Ty Bowles, okay? Right. Defensive guy. Right. Defensive coaches say, you know what, I don't – you ain't got to give me a gunslinger. Just give me a guy that doesn't turn the ball over, can hand the ball off, can make the simple throw, can be manageable from the sideline. Let my defense, special teams, and run game win the ball game for me. I, could, I love that world. That's what, that's what Ty Bowles is saying. So, if I, hey, I got to so develop you, a rookie, you, I'll do you, it. You can develop him in that system. I'll do it. And you know what? This kind of reminds me um, uh, of what happened when I – actually, I was on my way out of San Francisco at the time. But when Crabtree, Michael Crabtree, had first signed, and he was going through his contract dispute and things like that, and uh, it was a lot of questions as to whether – how it would affect the locker room. And my thing was at first, I ain't going to affect the locker room now. We don't know this guy. He's a rookie. Right. So we don't know how to love him or like him or what. Or what. But – what happened was when he did sign in the middle of training camp, when he did come back and he, you know, was hurt, you know, hurt, right. um, quote, quotation marks, hurt, uh, and he didn't play all preseason, and, you know, it did, start, it did start to rub the locker room the wrong way. It's like, dude, oh, so you, 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 you stayed away to get your money. In this particular instance, he was a rookie. They hadn't done anything. Right. And then when you come back, you ain't even putting up your load of the work. You see what I'm saying? I know and, exactly and, and, and and pushing this back to Fitzpatrick again when he got paid in Buffalo, loser the next couple of seasons after that. His history says when you get when you reward him for those his greatest seasons ever, which are other quarterbacks, just right. regular seasons. Right. You know what I mean? When you pay him and reward him for that. But that's the market value, Mike. You you have to pay a guy for what he's done. And in this league, it's what have you done for me lately? And lately, Fitz is the guy for the job. I just hope he gets on that roster because I feel like they're a better team with him. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. They are. All right. Now, now speaking of quarterbacks, 
Let's talk about Peyton Manning. You know, he has. Why you gotta talk about Peyton? Well, he hasn't been in the news in a man, while. So he's, he got, what is he retired, doing? bro? Retired drinking a beer right now. Retired. He he better be chilling. Yeah, chilling. Really chilling. Well, let's talk about what he was doing in 2012. Getting a size nine hat. <laughs> yeah, he got a big. <laughs> <laughs> Smart though, that's what it is. He's yeah, smart. He got a six that's why he's so smart. But I got a big head, so I could talk about another guy. Yeah, no, I get you know that. What I'm saying? Um, so Peyton Manning, they said he was close to signing with the Titans in 2012. Would ha- would that have been a move that would have redefined what we know as the great Peyton Manning? Uh, 2012, 2012. We were still playing. Yeah, yeah, I was in there. Went to the uh, to the divisional round, lost to Atlanta that year. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it would have really hurt his legacy. Like, but I know he would have hated to probably have to play play the Colts twice a year. You know what I'm saying? Cause because he has. I mean, that's that's the place Peyton built. Right. Um, who was the head coach at the time? Munchak, Mike Munchak. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. And, again, I took a visit to Tennessee when I got released uh, the year we won the Super Bowl in Seattle and I got back. Right. I don't know if that franchise at that time in 2012 was stable enough for Peyton Manning. Peyton is a guy who the the, the organization has to be stable. The Ducks have to be in a row. You know, they have to be – you know, have to treat every situation with the urgency. You know what I mean? And I just didn't get that sense from the Titans organization when I took my visit. Yeah. But they were a losing franchise at the time. He would have had Kenny Britt and CJ2K running back, Lavelle Hawkins as a receiver, Kendall Wright at receiver. He would have had some decent talent. Some decent talent, but they, but they weren't they weren't a, a threat to the NFL. No, they weren't, but but I I don't know. I look at that team in relation to the rest of the AFC cuz again, even when Peyton was playing with the with the Colts, don't ever look at the division. It was always in relation to the entire AFC. You always looked at New England. You always looked at teams like that that he was going to eventually play to get to the Super Bowl. That's what right. all all that mattered. Right. And to me, he had a lot more um, – uh, he had a better supporting cast. He had a better organization in Denver being that John Elway had played and all the, all the things that he does in the front office. It was better for Peyton. I don't see – them being that strong in the playoffs if they would if he would have stayed with Tennessee. I just that's just my opinion on that. Okay. Now that's basically Peyton saying I almost made this decision. The question I have for you is were there moments in your career where you could have went left instead of going right? Was there a team that you could have signed with that would have Oh man, see your, I played I was a backup running else? back. I was a backup running back fullback. Uh, special team guy Nate. I ain't had, you know, my options won't won't, won't like that. Uh, a lot of uh, trust me, a lot of, a lot of interest in the NFC West because they got a chance to see me. Right. Um, but right after we won the Super Bowl, and actually I was getting myself prepared to continue doing this job, to do this job, and I got a call from Pete. I remember my wife and I we were uh, going to the movies with the kids, and I got a call from Pete, and everybody was on the, you know, everybody the, the phone was on the on the loudspeaker in the car. And, you know, my kids know Pete. Hey, coach, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. And they say hi to him. And he's like, Mike, you know, uh, we don't know how this thing is going to shake up. You know, stay ready. Stay ready. Right. And I'm like, well, coach, you know, I can't sit here and wait on you. Right. Are you are you telling me that I'm probably going to be back? Because if you are, I'm about to turn this car around and go to the gym. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, facts. But if you can't tell me that, I gotta go with this. this, this I gotta right. go with this hot streak I'm riding. I gotta go with this work I put in the transition already. Right. And he was like, I can't guarantee nothing, Mike. I just can't. Mm. I said, Well, coach, love you to death, man. I'll be here when you need me. Uh, Scott McLuhan, um, in Washington, when he first got the general manager job, he. Wanted to, wanted to see if I wanted to be the player engagement guy there. And, again, that's oh. one of those types of jobs where you can be around for a long time. Yeah. Um, I really thought about it. But you know what, man? It wouldn't be no R&B if I didn't. That's you true. know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I, I'm you glad know, I had to. I had to roll, man. Listen, for me, you know, my first free agency experience was I was I was a restricted free agent in Minnesota. Seattle put that tender in, and um, they matched They matched it, mm-hmm. and they gave me the big contract. And then that's when the whole poison pill with Steve Hutchinson happened. Uh, so I didn't really have a choice on where else I could have went. Now, obviously, I could have went back to Minnesota, but I decided to go back to Seattle, go back home. But then after Seattle, four years, four-year contract, played it out, made all my money, and all took of those millions and ran with it. I, yeah, I took, took I, them I, millions and ran. It was more than a few, but I took. <laughs> so you know, I, I was sitting there thinking, you know, where can I go? Um, Detroit Lions reached out. And, uh, you know, I n- never considered going there, but Scott Linehan was there. And I-, I wanted to wait because my agent said, look, there's teams that need a guy. They need a, they need a legitimate number two. You had a couple big years. You almost had 1,000 yards twice, but yeah. you had injuries. So, in four years, you put up some numbers. So you're respected. And he was talking about Pittsburgh. He was talking about the Patriots. You should have went there, Nate. And he, and he was talking. Should have went the one. I'm just going. Then, to, you just should have went there. You know what's crazy? So here's the thing. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Like I, I thought about those teams, and they're they're winning programs, organizations that every player wants to play for. But what got me excited wasn't a team that gave a legitimate like push for me. It was an article about a team that needed me. And that article. Was found in Dallas. I knew you were the Cowboys. Say Dallas. I got this you, you article. Got a Dallas provider. I got this. About I got you, this article sent to me. You know that was, they were saying this is the perfect guy for the job. He's a perfect number two, great leader. Um, this is the guy you want. Was Dallas there still? This was 2010. To so wasn't. I'm not sure who was there, but I was geeked up, Mike. I'm talking about. I sent the article to my dad. <laughs> I'm about to be a cowboy. Like, this is it. Like, you know, they were on hard knocks, and yeah. you know, To was making T-shirts, and I'm thinking to myself, this is going to make me not a star on the helmet, but just a star in general. You play for that team, and you win, and you build your brand. It's perfect, but they never actually took their shot. So for me, I it was just like college recruiting. The team that wanted me the most, the school that wanted me the most, that's where I went, and that's why I landed in Detroit. That's dope, Nate. Hey, TD, man. We got another beat, man. Let's transition. (laughs) Oh. Uh. Mm. Sound like we should be rapping. But I can't. But I can't. But I I can't. Rap, Mike. I do it in the shower. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I do it in the shower in front of my wife and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh. In front of the mirror like I'm, you know, like I'm N.W.A. in them back in the day. You know, <laughs> hey, depth chart debate. Yeah, running backs, running backs. Yeah, 
So I'm going to – I know you're a wide receiver, but I'm sure you played Pop Warner and you ran the football. And everybody, when they get the ball in their hands, there's some type of a running back or runner right. at the time. Right. And, you, and, and I ain't going to lie to you, Nate. I ain't never told you this, but you was one of the best – Guys that I've had to tackle. I appreciate running it. the football, dog. You was a, you was an animal on punt, the punt return. That. But anyway, what do you admire most about the running back position? And then I'll Let's, give you my. All right, let me let me give you my brief history. You know, as a running back. So when I first started playing Pop Warner, I was tall, skinny, lanky. So it was like DN, tight end. You know, come off the edge, and then I started <laughs> to get a little bit of speed. So right around fifth, sixth grade, they put me a receiver, play a little DB, a little safety. Um, so I was always, you know, that guy, the yeah. receiver or the tight end or, you know, the not really glory, glory position. You know, I wasn't a quarterback and I wasn't a running back. So my freshman year, we had just moved to Renton in, in Washington. I used to live there. Yeah. 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 So I was zoned <laughs> for a school, a high school called Lindbergh. So I went to Lindbergh High School and I'm not going to say the talent was terrible, but it wasn't as good as, like, inner city Seattle, okay? Yeah, terrible. So, <laughs> I mean, why so, just keep it you know, real, so dog? I get there, and I'm, like, I'm looking around, you know, the this first summer day, this transition into high school, and they got the freshman football team out there. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, I'm, like, legitimately the most talented guy here. And when I was in Seattle where we originally lived, like, you know, you're one talented kid in a group of a lot. Yeah. So I, it wasn't often that I was in that position. So uh, I'm sitting there and the coach is like, hey, he wants to play quarterback. And I didn't want to play quarterback. So, you know, this tall, lanky kid named Adam McGurk, he stuck his hand up. And they were like, who wants to play running back? And nobody raised their hand. First of all, I thought this was a weird way of like asking what's play what. No, no, oh. I just <laughs> I thought I thought that like you know even in Pop Warner they would put the kids out. You practice, and then the coaches would say, "Oh, here's their skill." You going set. here? You going there? Yeah. He didn't do that. He just was like, "Who well, you want to play?" And me, I was like, "Yo, I never play running back. This is my time to shine. Maybe I'm I'm the next." Emmett Smith. So what right? did you what did you like about it? What did you want to do? Oh my, about you got to hear about my stats. Oh my bad, you must have got pummeled. Listen, you must have got smashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike, first of all, we went 0 and 10, right? Oh, yeah, y'all were terrible. We didn't score a touchdown to the last game, and I didn't score a touchdown. All <laughs> I did, we had pitch left, pitch right, and I did uh, nothing Dude's but spin. Moves. That's all I did. I saw that on video games, and I just yeah. spin, move, get smacked. Spin, move, get smacked. After the season, <laughs> I was like, Dad, I don't think running back is for me. He was like, yeah, you need to go out there and catch them balls. <laughs> so I said all that to say this. I have the ultimate respect for the running back position because if you can get the rock and manipulate a defender who is coming at you full speed, whether you run him over, run around him, or shake him up, you're one of the top athletes on the field on any given day. So when I look at complete running backs in the league – I'm looking at guys like Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell, Marshawn when he played. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, taking it further back, uh, you know, Marshall Falk, who was one of the best ever to yeah. be a Special. versatile specialist at the Special, position. Man. So um, that's that's what I liked about the running back. Some of the more talented ones I've played with, you know, the short-lived career of – uh, Javid Best, 
he was a, a blazer who got drafted out of Cal. Yep. And he had the concussions in college, and then he had a few more in the league, and that shut down his career. But absolute speed demon and could stop on a dime and had yeah. vision. So, unfortunately, you know, concussions and, and that uh, that whole um, protocol kind of shut his career down. But that's those are the guys that come to mind when I think of game-changing running backs. Nate, like – the crazy part about it is, man, when you're when you're eight yards in the dot, when you're eight yards in the backfield, and you get to see the entire defense. I mean, you're deeper than the quarterback. I mean, you get to see everything. You see the rotations. You see corners. You see leverage on the receivers. You see, you see gaps. You, it's like you, you you see like okay, when I start this zone to the right. Okay, this backside linebacker, if he overruns and I can get this cut by my backside guard, man, if I push it to their feet, I know I'm gone. Yeah. I know I'm gone. If I got a three technique, I gotta pop the clutch, I gotta I gotta I gotta slow down a little bit because it's gonna wash by and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the back door. You know, you're looking at all of that. And when you get the ball, when you get the ball as a runner, it's the only position on the field that you get the ball behind the line of scrimmage and all eleven defenders are coming to get you. The corners are coming to get you. The safeties, the D-linemen, the linebackers. When I throw the ball out to a receiver, not always, you know, some of these big fat linemen ain't right. running out it's there. It's a handful of guys. Yeah, it's a handful of guys. When I drop back as a quarterback, if I'm not a runner, it's only the guys that are blitzing the quarterback, whether it's right. the four downs and a couple of blitzes or whatever. It's only those guys. Everybody else right. is doing other jobs. But when a runner gets the ball, Nate, he's manipulating 11 guys. Oh, and maybe – Ten, nine, or ten more who are on his team. Right. He's reading their helmets. He's mani- so you're talking about manipulating twenty guys when you get the football. That to, that to me, that's what's mind-boggling about the running back position. And two guys, obviously, everybody knows I played with Marshawn, but people forget I played with Frank. People forget I backed up Frank for a few years before I became his fullback. We challenged each other. Frank didn't like me, so to say, when I first got there. I didn't know what this league was about. I was one of those guys I could answer every question in the meeting because I played quarterback. I knew all the defenses and stuff. But I couldn't couldn't manipulate a defense with my eyes or – have a feel for the run game as to where Frank couldn't even explain the cuts that he made. So, just to backtrack, so you're saying you would suck up to the coaches so you can get more playing time? I won't sucking up, but I knew the, I knew the answer. <laughs> like, I can't help it. If I know the answers, man, I got to raise my hand. You see what I'm saying? That's just the way I am. Mike's that dude who hang out with the homies at school, become test time. He knows all the answers. Hey, man. He actually studied. Yeah, and when you sit by me, I'm guarding my stuff. <laughs> Back <laughs> up. I, I was out partying with you. You know what I'm saying? So, and I got managed but to I, study. I studied. <laughs> exactly. Right, I can dig that. But anyway, Frank, man. He couldn't even explain to you some of the cuts he, he used to do. The vision. You talked to – and I've talked to these guys. Clint Portis, Edgerin James, mm. um, Najee Davenport, mm. all these backs that used to come from the U. Uh, uh, my boy Peyton, Jared Peyton, yeah. um, Walter's yeah. son. Yeah, yeah. Talked to all these guys, and all of them say the best back to ever put on a Miami U jersey was Frank. Frank. Gore, That's the best cool. vision ever, and, and, and they look at Edge as the Godfather, bro. Like, oh, Edge, truth, Edge. I played with Edge. You, you feel what I'm saying? I played against Edge, party with Edge, all of that, man. Good brother, dude. Yeah, real good dude. But Frank's vision, bro, I've never seen it in my life. And then when you look at Marshawn, I and and he, my one of my best friends, I, I we still have talked to this 
talked about this today, Nate. Like, man, if you only, if you only had really knew the professional part of this game early in your career, how much better right. you would have been right now. I don't think we've truly seen the best of Marshawn. Mm. I don't think we've ever seen it. Mm. Because what people don't realize is you look at some of his college tape, he can go out in the slot and beat you as a receiver. I mean, really beat you. I seen him beat a dude in a 40, karaoke in. Dude running full speed. That's crazy. You see what I'm saying? Like, special athletes, bro. You know you know who else was talented that I, I felt to mention? And his career was cut short. But due to different reasons, Ontario Smith. Mm, Ontario Oregon. was no, nice. What school he went to? He went to Oregon? Uh, Oregon. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. He, he was drafted fourth round the same year I was drafted in 03 by the Vikings. And he was one of the most talented running backs. That guy had 55 touchdowns, not in his high school career, his senior year. I remember we were all talking about our own highlights, and we were in training camp, and we're yeah. sitting there in the dorm of the the vets was hazing us. I think we had eyebrows cut off, and we're just kind of bonding as a wounded group of guys yeah. that just got, you know, got the whole treatment, the working yeah. treatment. <laughs> and we're talking about high school. Kind of like, oh, man, we missed those days, you know, when we didn't have to go through the scolding. And yeah. So I started telling my little highlights, oh, man, you know, we were a running team. You know, I, I, I had 14 touchdowns, but, you know, I only caught, uh, you know, a handful of balls. You know, that, that was the way we did it. And, and I was like, man, what? I had 55. I'm like, man, you had 55 touchdowns in your career. He's like, not my senior year. I'm like, yeah. no. He's like, yeah, it's a California record. I'm like, there's no way. And then he pops in a highlight tape and literally one of the best running backs I've ever seen. Ever seen. You know, I've seen some of his only, highlights. Only played a, a few years due to mistakes he's made. But Terrence, Terrence Phillips, another guy. But let me ask you this real quick before we move on to the next beat. Best running backs in the league today. <sighs> best running back or backs, depending you know, on your I, answer. You want you want one guy? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm one. not gonna be that guy and just give you one. Um, give one guy. Healthy Le'Veon Bill. Mm. He reminds me of a a really unique combination of the running backs from yesteryear. And I'm talking the bruisers. The old school bruisers from the eighties and early nineties. But he also has that that unique skill set of the visual running backs of the mid to late 90s, the Marshall Falks and the Work Duns. Yep. And then he has the patience of the new era running backs where he can sit there and shuffle his feet with a hand on the back of his lead blocker and then explode right off the shoulder into a hole that I didn't even see as a guy watching on TV. So his skill set is tremendous. Yeah, I, I was he has great height and weight. I was second uh, Le'Veon Bell. I was I would all, I would say Le'Veon needs to work on running one running with more leverage. He's getting to a he's getting to a point in his career where guys are gonna take those shots at his leg. He's a really good back. I mean, he's yeah. one of the best in the league. So he has to start to protect himself. So you see what I'm saying? Running too high, running too low. Running, like he needs to, that when I say running with leverage, he needs to. Again, he's a taller back, so him running low is still going to seem tall to us. Because he's a taller back, you know what I mean? But it's all about just running behind your pass. He does a great job of running behind his pass, but he takes too many uh, hits because his hitting surface is too big. If he would lower his hitting surface, which means kind of, I ain't going to say duck down, you keep your head up, but you 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 you, you, you kind of run with a little bit more uh, knee bend. Similar to how Adrian Peterson runs. Nice. AP runs high, but that's him. That's yeah. what he does. And he'll eat, he'll eat a helmet to the chin like it ain't nothing. That's just what he do. 
All I'm saying is to help preserve Le'Veon a little because he has gotten that rep right now as a little bit of an injury bug guy. But for me, I, I like the Le'Veon Bell. I will put AP right there with him. Um, but Le'Veon a little slight more because he can catch the ball a little bit better. But Todd Gurley is going to separate from a lot of Todd, Todd Gurley, I cannot wait to see this kid with a quarterback. I cannot wait to see this kid um, without a knee brace. Uh, I, again, I knew his strength and conditioning coach down in Georgia. He was my His strength and conditioning coach was my left tackle in college. And the kid is special, and he has long speed. As a back, that's what makes AP, guys like AP, Marshawn, that's what makes those guys special because they got long speed. Then they'll beat you up to get a blade of grass. You see what I'm saying? They'll beat you up, and they and they, and they like the contact. Todd Gurley, to me, could be the best out of all of them. But TD got to beat for us. TD, you got to beat. Uh. Word, word, Smith, Strata. When the pop rap charts make the art fade away. Away, away. That's the whole oh. oh, this is my favorite beats right here. Mm. Oh, man, I love this right here. This one, I'm just riding. You just riding. Oh, this is fire. This where Nas just dropped some knowledge on you. Oh, that's fire right That's there. real fire. Hey, that's man, me. we got our next segment. Or no. Or no. TD, what you got for us this week? What's going on, fellas? On today's or no, I got to ask you guys. You guys have been watching the playoffs, I'm sure. The Warriors came back down 3-1, won that series. It's a rematch. Cavs, Warriors. So the war- are the Warriors going to repeat or not? I'm going to say or no. I like the Cavs. And... It's not because uh, that random dude dropped the uh, F. Steph Curry song. (laughs) 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 Listen, there's a, there's a, uh, I'm I'm going off track. There's a video of like NBA players dancing to their own music, but they got that track over the top of it. So it really looked like they're vibing to the F. Steph Curry, F. Steph Curry. And uh, so there's a meme that had Steph Curry looking at Westbrook where he's like peeking at him and Westbrook is hunched over yeah. and the little bubble was like I seen you in that vis- video dancing to F. Steph Curry dance now <laughs> <laughs> so anyways listen I, I like Steph Curry I like what he's doing I love Klay Thompson um, you know I'm a, I'm a huge basketball nut yeah I just feel like with the rest these Cavs have had the confidence in which they have played these playoffs um, and the health now they got Kevin Love back that's Kyrie that's Irvin. the thing and you know it was last year it was the Splash Brothers and everybody was giving crap to the Trash Brothers yeah. which they kind of named Shumpert and uh, J.R. Smith they've been playing well J.R.'s been playing tremendous he plays great defense um, Shumpert comes in off the bench plays well even Delavandova does his job I, I like I, I like the Cavs that, that's my squad you know what as, 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 as you my homie as much as I hate to agree with you <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you see how I just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a sour patch kid. But anyway, uh, yeah, I hate to agree with you, but I, I think the the Cavs being healthy, I think LeBron is the most valuable player in the league. I think uh, Steph is the, uh, the most impressive player. He had the most impressive season yeah this year. But as far as value, those Cavs would be nowhere without LeBron. Being, That's fact. You know what I mean? As far as value. So basically, in the Kevin Durant voice, you're saying LeBron, you're the real MVP. Yeah, he's the real right, MVP. I, 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 but I tell you this. 
Never, and we've been hearing it all playoffs, you can't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. You're right. And, and they've been there, done that. LeBron is a champion, but nobody else on yeah. that team really yeah. is. Ian, that, that locker room might still smell like champagne. That's, that's what I'm saying. Hey, TD, who you think? Who you got? All I'll say is this. We remember the Cavs taking that 2-1 series lead over the Warriors. Ever since that point, the Warriors have won five straight games against the Cavs. And mm. pretty much none of them have been close. So, mm. I, I, I'm, leading, I'm leading Warriors. They won 73 for a reason, as we saw when they were down 3-1. Yeah, and, and this is my thing. If you leave space for them boys to come back in the game, if you don't put your foot on their throat early, right. they will come back. It's going to happen. I guarantee we will see the most impressive collection of games from LeBron James. He's been casually being the Magic Johnson of this squad during these playoffs, getting everybody But it's involved. not his nature. He it's is not his nature. I guarantee. I love him. It's, it's different. not his nature, though, man. He's not going up against He's a not, guy. He, he, he doesn't have that Kobe. MVP. He doesn't have He's that gonna Kobe. He's going to get it done. He doesn't have that Kobe. I, I, I agree. I think so. But All right. I, he just doesn't have that Kobe. That's like, a wrap, man. That's a wrap. Hey, listen, man. You got to spread the word about R&B. This is what we do. Man, hit us up. Hashtag R-A-N-D-B. Yo, you hit my man TD on Twitter. Hit Real Mike Rob. Hit yeah, man, Twitter. Real Mike Rob. Go to iTunes and stick all that comments because we want this show to be a show. So that's we need to we, we need to be on TV talking like this to you fans, that's right. that's educating right. you guys. Yeah, on shout, all shout, of out, that. shout out to Jalen and Jacoby on ESPN. They do their thing. So we gonna man, ain't giving them no shout out. We gonna do that, but it's gonna man. Be they work for ESPN. Nate, you better watch hey, out. I'm just saying our show's gonna be better. It is I'll, better. I'll Forget them. That's what's up. Uh. Back next week. Oh, yeah, we back next week. Another round of R&B. Oh, yeah. You thought I was going to rap. Uh. But I don't know nothing but the trap. Uh, That's where I come from, Mike. Uh. Pop. Uh. I'm about to stop. Ooh, you about to Come on, man. I was about to, man. I, you know, but that ain't my style, nasty.